Hi and welcome to another episode of Startup Stories, the podcast that brings you your weekly entrepreneurship education and startup training by Europe's most inspiring founders. This episode brings us together with Eric Lodet from Batmade, a startup that lets you book trusted house cleaners in a blink of an eye. It enables households to book their hand-picked and declared cleaning professionals in less than 60 seconds for a one-off cleaning or with a particular frequency. Batmade's business model creates jobs, fights against the black market, and removes the hassle of hiring a maid on the client's side. Last but not least, Batmade is able to offer the lowest price for cleaning on the market while making sure the Batmates remain the top paid cleaners in Switzerland. In our conversation, we cover the backstory of Batmate and how it became to be what it is today, how the team managed to grow the platform in such a short amount of time, and we also dive into other exciting startup ideas that Eric is working on. I'm super excited to share this episode with you today. Enjoy! All right, Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Daniel. It's uh, nice to have you here. We've met before. Um, so I finally got you, got you on our show and to share all the stories you're, you've told me before. Um, can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe share the, the one-minute pitch for one of your startups, Batmate? Yes, yeah, so uh, just a few words about myself. I'm, uh, I'm Eric uh, Laudet. I'm actually uh, from Paris, even though I've been living in Switzerland for seven years now and becoming Swiss. Are you getting <laughs> the citizenship soon? Uh, soon, but uh, <laughs> in the mindset, I take the best of it. What's the best of the Swiss mindset? Uh, it's not always uh, useful for entrepreneurship, but <laughs> maybe we'll come back on this later. But uh, I think it's, it's uh, pretty good sometimes to be neutral in many, many situations. It helps in, uh, in many cases. Yeah. So um, I started into commodity trading when I arrived in Switzerland. Uh, so seven years ago, I worked at Louis Dreyfus. And I've always felt the need to become an entrepreneur since I was a child. And because of my grandfather... Um, now, what did uh, he do? He was like into you know after the Second World War, he was into the all the waterproof uh, materials that you can find and building the brand Cyclone. Um, and so, uh, after the commodity trading experience, um, I realized that it was really high time for me to become a, an entrepreneur. And so I went to Africa to set up a project there. Uh, didn't go well at all, faced many, many difficulties. I had a commodity project there in Ivory Coast, Nigeria. Yeah. Um, but I learned quite a lot. And then after coming back to, to Switzerland, I met my co-founder, um, Andreas. And we actually, uh, he was coming back from the U.S. and he tried Handy.com. Which, which is the bat made in the U.S. Yeah. And he told me, yeah, wait, it doesn't exist in Switzerland. Why not, like, launching something in Switzerland? And I was like, look, I'm into commodities. I'm doing serious stuff. I'm interested in the markets and stuff. Like, why? Like, I have nothing to do with cleaning ladies, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and he insisted a bit, like a few hours. And I said, okay. And from that day, I left all, I quitted my job. And mm -hmm. I, I, I just stayed with him. And in uh, two days, we had a, a complete vision of what Batmate should be, should look like. Mm -hmm. And after it was only a matter of execution, but from the idea to the execution, there was really there were maybe only two days, yeah. and that's what magical we got from zero to one in two days for me. Mm. After it was only pure energy execution. Yeah. Uh, so Batmade, in a nutshell, is uh, the first platform in Switzerland to book your uh, cleaning lady insured and declared in less than sixty seconds. So you could say that it was just a copycat of Handy.com in the in the US, uh, but it's not uh, because we had to calibrate the model. In the US or helping in Germany, they are using self-employed workers. They are doing the Uber for home cleaners. Mm. We are more anti-Uber for home cleaners, meaning that we declare and insure all the employees. So in our model, uh, we are not the employer. The cleaning ladies are not 
self-employed, but we managed to invent a new social model, business model not existing in Switzerland, which is turning the client into the employer. Right. In fact, when you book online, you're becoming the client. You become beca- as a client, you, beca- you become the employer. So that's completely new. And of course, as a client, you don't see any difference. Um, so because behind, we, we declare an insurer, we do all the paperwork on your behalf. You have nothing to do. You just book, you yeah. sign the trust mandate, yeah. and it's done. Then after, we manage to fully digitalize the cleaning experience. Mm. And you can edit your, up- edit your upcoming cleanings and uh, change your cleaning lady or add some extras. Yeah. Like you're, you're really free. Yeah, I checked out the, the up until where I, I needed to pay because um, I, I don't have the cash to, to pay a cleaning lady. Oh, come on. <laughs> so many podcasts already. <laughs> yeah, was, this, this doesn't make any money. Um, but it's really nice. It's really simple. Yes. And I, I talked to so many people um, years ago already about this topic of finding a cleaning person and ensuring their, her, her or him, um, all these contract things is super complicated if you don't know how to do it. Exactly. And that is just, and, and a lot, so a lot of people hire without insurance, without social security. And then exactly. that's, yeah, so that, not that's legal. It. So that's it. Like we are fighting against the black market and that's all why, that's our DNA. We really want to fight against this, uh, this black market. It's a market, the B2C market is 1 billion in Switzerland. Mm. 80% is black. So we think that through digitalization, the, the black market share will shrink because people understand that it's so easy nowadays to yeah. book a cleaning lady online that uh, we, uh, we do the, the, the paperwork and everything so that they do it. Yeah. And that's also the big difference between the horizontal marketplaces horizontal platforms versus vertical platforms. What, what's the, what, give us an example of. Yes, what, so what uh, we are typically a, a vertical platform because we do the selection of the cleaning ladies and it's a thorough selection. We actually have uh, five HR uh, people all around Switzerland uh, making two to three rounds of interview for uh, each maid. Mm. We're recruiting now 150 maids yeah. uh, a, a, a month. Uh, which is like hundreds of interviews. We make sure you have the best uh, available cleaners. And so the selection is one part of verticality. You have, as I said, the declaration and insurance or admin team is doing all the paperwork, of course, between you and me. It's fully automated. The tech component is huge. We are both a tech startup and a service platform. And third, uh, we are also uh, into the operations and customer support or maid support. And this is a big part of our verticality too. If you compare with horizontal platform, for instance, uh, Anibis Home Service 24 in, in Switzerland or uh, any Yellow Pages or Star of Service in France, these ones, they are just a matching uh, one-off supply with demand, but there you have nobody behind to call and it's mm. just absolutely no effort and, on their and, side. And they match a lot of different things, right? They match cleaning, exactly. uh, plumber, Completely. Blah, blah, blah. so that's why it's horizontal because it covers m- different aspects yes. and you go into one aspect for now, which is the cleaning so that's and then you do, but you do everything. Exactly. Yeah. Meaning that, uh, of course, they can offer all kinds of services like Star of Service. Uh, after one year, they offered like a thousand of services. Yeah, it made my comforter and I really laugh because uh, really there is no value added in our eyes. And uh, what we do is uh, we we plan, of course, to develop other services, but with keeping the same verticality and sense of service towards yeah. our customers. Yeah. And uh, we'll launch this year, for instance, the B2B cleaning, uh, office cleaning and uh, handyman at the end of the year, probably. Nice. So handyman, of course, is uh, everything that is to mount your furniture. And uh, and um, there is a big demand for that, too. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, what, what did your first MVP, what does your MVP look like? Because you said, it, I mean, there's a lot of tech behind it. And now you have HR people doing all the interviews. How did you start, though? What did that look yes. like? So that, that was a, it's a very interesting question because initially 
we struggled a lot. We were outsourcing IT in the Philippines uh, for the first six months. It was a nightmare. Then yeah, we internalized I was ask everything. Yeah. But still, even with this, uh, we our MVP was like a, not a minimum viable product, but, but a maximum viable product <laughs> because we already had most features. Everything was not perfect, really, like. Yeah. Lots of bugs and regression in for every release, but um, it was good enough to have uh, our first 40 customers in the first months, and then hundreds of customers in the second months, and then we grew we grew crazy uh, fr from there. Now, uh, just uh, to tell you, we have uh, more than 1,500 cleaners. Mm. We do more than 600 cleanings a day. We have 50 employees internally. Um, and it, yeah, it all started with uh, like uh, my co-founder and I being in a in in one room with like two employees and this IT uh, company that we outsourced. Uh, but we had the vision yeah. on on how the platform should look like. We left nothing to chance. Yeah. Um, how did? But how did you acquire your first? And it's B2C, customer acquisition is a, is a tough one. How do you acqu acquire your first... I mean, I can see acquiring the cleaning personnel. Okay, you can you can get that. But the, the customers, how do they know about BadMade? How, how did you do that in the beginning? So this is uh, a very interesting question too. Like, at the beginning, I think we met so many stakeholders, so many people around the project uh, that we created our own ecosystem. Let's say we had the idea and and we 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 executed, and by executing our idea, we actually uh, build up our own ecosystem of people around us. So our friends all around Switzerland, we are lucky; it's a small country. Yeah. Or uh, all the people we talk to, like uh, the, the, the marketing agencies, the the accountants, the you name it, like mm. everyone to build a company. Yeah. And we had like, we met so hundreds of uh, interviews to build a company like this. Um, and in the end, we people knew us. Yeah. So uh, you mean interviews to to hire? Uh, no, in no interviews to, to just to to be a client of, of those people or to 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 book their service in order to build our complicated business model. Yeah. And in, in the end, I, I think that was uh, good for the beginning. And the fact that we are lucky to have a business that is relying on Google AdWords. Yeah. Everyone is looking for a cleaning lady online. Yeah. Uh, and so it was an organic growth at the beginning through the Google AdWords. And we uh, we did a lot of offline marketing, even though we had like very little money at the start. We invested uh, everything we had, my co-founder and I. Um, and so um, in the end, we managed to use, for instance, we were on the cinema, the, the, even the first months, I think, we were on the cinema. In, we're in, uh, an ad in the cinema? Yeah, ad in the, in the cinema before, before wow. movies. We were on TV screens in the airport. Uh, we had a lot of weird marketing channels like this, un unusual for, yeah, uh, for a startup. very young startup. It's very expensive, isn't it? Yes, but uh, we managed to do it uh, enough so that we can acquire customers, uh, let's say find bubble of clients on the B2C market. Yeah. And then we have this sponsorship program whereby uh, when you're a client, you can sponsor your friends and they get 20%, 20 percent, yeah, 20 right. francs like off. a referral program. In a referral program. And then we, so org it grew organically and the fact that we always uh, stressed um, the importance of customer support mm. um, made us uh, have pretty good retention rates at the start. Yeah. So we have a repeat business model. People can book for one-off cleaning, but as well for every week, every every two weeks, or uh, every month. Um, and so this helps us to have uh, to generate a steady and growing stream of cash flow from the start. Yeah which is not the case for all businesses. So we were looking at this business model too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you have to get the transaction again and, and like if you get it automatically because people book twice a, a month. That's, that is, that's the magic of the repeat the business model. I was just, I was, first I thought, okay, they have a marketplace. That's tough because you have to get transactions. But then you put a, a subscription model on top and I was like, oh, this is, oh, this, oh, okay, this is working. Yeah. 
how did you how did you think about the pricing? Pricing is always uh, an interesting topic for me. Um, yes. Yes. How did you? Are you still working on the pricing? Because the, the, people say you should always be adapting your prices. Uh, yeah, um, I see what you might be thinking. Is like you're thinking about the Uber and then dynamic pr pricing, surge of price when we have oh. very few <laughs> cleaners. Uh, things that we have people behind uh, the cleaning ladies making a very hard work, and they we cannot play actually in the mind, in the eyes of the customers with their salary. Yeah. So we wanted to have a stable pricing from the start. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's more expensive if you book a one-off because it's more work for us. Um, but otherwise, the pricing is based on the area. Basel and Zurich are uh, three francs higher than uh, Romandy or any other part of Switzerland. And this is because the black market is higher. So we need to have higher salaries yeah. to hire the maids. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for the clients, uh, which tend to have a higher purchasing power. Yeah. So our pricing is, right now I would say, is just fine because we are cheaper than any uh, traditional cleaning firms. Uh, they make you pay at least 39. We are at uh, 34 yeah. for recurrence yeah. francs per hour. Um, And then uh, the black market is between 25 and 30. If you declare cleaning lady yourself, you would pay maybe 31. So being But you have all the work. Exactly, you have all the work, yeah. and yeah. then you don't have to. You cannot use the platform yeah. and to change the cleaning ladies, and you're not insured if she breaks something yeah. or many yeah. many things. Um, so it's. Uh, I think it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's right between. I mean, you have both arguments, right? It's mm. better than the black market, so it's more expensive, but it's but cheaper it's than the the competition. Yeah, so. it's cheaper than the competition because they have, uh, you know, they have fixed costs, brick and mortar compa companies, as we yeah. say, yeah. and so uh, they have to have uh, high prices, and we are really dematerialized on our side. So. Yeah, yeah. What thinking about building up a marketplace? Um, there's many challenges uh, with that. What for you were the the biggest challenges in regard to this marketplace? So initially, we have to start small, and that's that's good for any any startup, but especially with a marketplace. So we started with Lausanne and Geneva, with forty uh, uh, workers. So you started to have you, you first had the cleaners. Exactly. Yeah, cleaners available. Uh, we made sure they were available for these uh, zip codes only, and uh, we made sure that they were they had enough availabilities. Yeah. Uh, so we entered their availabilities in the platform and mm -hmm. uh, covered locations, uh, places they are happy to work, um, and then after we after when we launched the platform the first of April uh, 2015. Uh, we actually waited for the first uh, bookings. How long did that take? <laughs> oh, it was an eternity, you know, <laughs> but it was only three days. <laughs> oh, it still yeah. feels long, though. Friends of us. Uh, <laughs> it's always friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But why not? So it's, uh, no, it worked like this. And then after now, just to give you an idea of the, the journey we had, now we are data-driven, meaning that at the postcode level, We know exactly the difference between supply and demand, mm. and we know exactly if the HR should go there in priority to to recruit because the the demand is is there. Yeah. So we we have a lot of data, and we act according to to this. Yes. Yeah. So it was one one big challenge where th that you've been, or that you have been working on, previously. I mean, now it seems to all work uh, quite fine. I'm sure there's challenges, yeah, lots. as in every 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 startup. But um, yeah, one one of the, one big challenge that you mm. you can also have resolved it already. Um, we have challenges every day. Um, this is a tricky question. Um, It's easy to pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, that's that's really just challenges. That's a too really tricky question. Like it's challenges every single day, many challenges a day. But um, 
for instance, um, you know, we organize this uh, local marketing campaigns these days. So we take one city and we do like eight uh, marketing channels. Yeah. Like we, for instance, end of March we'll be in Zurich with billboards, TV, radio, uh, renting the railway stations uh, to distribute sponsors, batmate sponsors. Yeah. Like we'll be flyering all around the the city in every single. Uh, Mailbox, even if it's if it's it shows uh, kind no, of yeah, no, no ads. No, no ads. <laughs> uh, so we we are we are really aggressive in this field. But then the challenge here, concrete challenge, is to have enough supply. So we make sure with with our HR team that we won't get depleted quick because if as a client you come on the website and you cannot book, then yeah, you're unlikely to come back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Why? Why do you think? I mean, we discussed it previously. You you grew extremely uh, fast. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think made that possible? What What do you think your team and you managed mm-hmm. uh, to do that in such a short period of time? What What are what I, What I'm trying to find out is what recommendations do you have for for anyone else mm-hmm. starting something and wanting to grow fast. So the first recommendation I can give, uh, because this was our experience, is to be, as founders, you really need to be hands-on. Mm-hmm. And you need, really need to first do your work. The, initially, it has to be done by you so that you can recruit and keep track of the people doing the work after that. If you, Because if you delegate, you know that the work some it's likely to be less uh well done than if you were doing it yourself so you you need to be to be to control all your employees at the start especially when you have a lot of interns as we had uh in order to to grow um if you really leave nothing to chance have an eye and uh you're aware of everything then you're in control and it makes a big difference how do you do that leave nothing to chance i mean isn't that almost impossible that's that's a, a good comment like entrepreneurship is actually uh i mean that's a long discussion but that's pure luck for me you just need to expose yourself to a certain randomness mm. and you need to to of course put all your changes on your side which is uh like uh for instance uh being hand, hand, hands on mm. is really really important because otherwise uh, you're gonna, for instance, uh, if you have a in- new intern, he's not reading, for instance, the, he's writing an email to a client, you didn't check it, uh, like, it's not at the beginning, that's super important. Yeah. And it should be flawless. Yeah. And then, after, you can lead uh, being a charismatic leader mm. because you did your stuff. Yeah. You put your hand I- in the dirt. Yeah. And that's, that's, if you do it this way, you you really feel the business and you really know how to, to grow it. Yeah. So first do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. And then after for the for the for the growth, so this just for the for the launch, for the ignition. Uh, after you really need to uh, be smart and creative in marketing. Um, so of course, if you have organic uh, channels like Google AdWords, do it. It should be optimized. Uh, that's the, the, the main point. Uh, then after, uh, you need to be creative. So you need to go to, uh, to sp- for instance, we are sponsoring the 20 biggest sport events in Switzerland. Okay. We have Batmade Beans uh, 100 that we put uh, all around the, the racetrack. Um, and we have a strong visibility for nothing. We do the waste management with our batmates, and in return, we have this visibility. Mm. We uh, managed to enter the primary school through uh, comics with uh, Batmate as a, as a hero um, to, to teach the young children how to tidy up their rooms. Uh, oh, like it's hard one. to enter certain schools, but you know it's, uh, it, it starts to pay off in terms of brand awareness. Yeah. Um, and you, I mean, you need to always be creative like this. For instance, this year we're going to open the Batmade uh, boutique, Batmade shops in uh, prime locations in, in Switzerland, uh, because, uh, we want to attract as well the, 
everyone on the, on the street, people not necessarily watching TV or reading the newspaper or listening yeah. to radio. Yeah. Um, and so if you find uh, many, many ways to uh, uh, like multiply your uh, marketing channel, diversify your marketing channels and uh, to anticipate uh, when a marketing channel uh, will uh, run out of steam, yeah. then you can really uh, do a great job into uh, into acquiring customers. Yeah. So I think this is why we are uh, growing well. And of course, the fact that I have now uh, an amazing team, mm. 50 dedicated people, amazing managers, uh, doing uh, an accurate job. They are passionate about the, the marketplace. They they really they are really aligned with our uh, goal to reach 100 million turnover by 2022. Um, it's possible. It's a super high expectation, but uh, it's doable. And so far, they are doing a good work, uh, and they know that they have to surpass themselves. Yeah. As I always tell them, surpassing yourself is really key for us. Yeah. yeah. So. This is not the only startup you're working on. Um, exactly. You have, you have a, a couple of small projects on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I really defined uh, myself now as a serial entrepreneur in the making, meaning that um, I have many, many other interests other than cleaning. <laughs> other than cleaning? <laughs> uh, and marketplaces. <laughs> yeah. uh, and right now I'm working on... Um, projects into the biohacking field um, of course what's what's biohacking yeah for people not in into biohacking yeah, it sounds like a, a barbarian word but it's basically we have defined health as uh, the absence of uh, diseases so far mm -hmm. and actually into in the neuro biohacking uh, field we think we can increase health so people being in good health and you can improve uh, their mental health by being, for instance, more mindful, more present, to increase this uh, flow mode that is super necessary yeah. in entrepreneurship, um, or body hacking for uh, for for sport, for instance. Yeah. Um, and this uh, the the project is called Bloodex. So uh, basically, I want to take your blood and DNA through so your saliva, Daniel. I want to take uh, <laughs> all the data from you. I want to know your lifestyle. And uh, we are uh, through AI and some um, medical research uh, we have access to. Uh, we can make a link between what you do, what you eat, your uh, biomarkers in your blood, and then the, the end result on your sleep, your strengths, your sex drive, all your biohacking goals. And uh, the goal being to find the biochemical patterns of a good day or the biochemical patterns of being strong or having a good sleep, yeah. all this. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a massive project. Uh, you have example like this inside tracker in the US. We want to be the European Inside Tracker, mm -hmm. um, and right now I am uh, trying to find more and more uh, people into the medical field. Yeah. It's really hard to find uh, medical entrepreneurs, so yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it's I'm struggling, uh, but uh, it's, it's necessary so that we build a top-notch board of medical advisors. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is one project that's uh, really the one that is gonna take most of my time, I think, in the 20, 20 years to come. Um, otherwise, I uh, co-founded Gotham Coworking. Um, this is you have something with Batman, yeah? You're a big fan. Yeah. Oh, you made the link, yes. So yeah, Batman and Gotham, yes. Uh, and the bar is called Alfred in in Gotham. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and so we have two co-workings right now. One is the single uh, biggest co-working space in Switzerland, uh, close to the station in Lausanne. Uh, one in Flon in Lausanne too, and yeah. some uh, others will open very soon in Geneva, Basel, Zurich. Very cool. Um, so for this, I'm, I'm, I was involved um, on a daily basis, but now I mean it's uh, it, it, it was hard to to manage everything. So yeah. uh, we we decided with our two other uh, co-founders. 
because we are four co-founders in this project, that uh, we'll go more into the, um, let's say, Swiss way. We wanted to be to grow as fast as Batmate um, yeah. because we could easily raise 15 millions. We had a possibility to do this. Uh, and then selling to WeWork ASAP. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, through discussions, yes, it's, it's, we'll go more the Swiss way and develop one space after another. <laughs> and and more the most important way. is that it works and that Gotham becomes a strong brand with a unique positioning, yeah. uh, which is, of course, being in the city center, uh, top quality furniture, accessible price, and, of course, a top-notch uh, network too, yeah. with uh, CEOs, with CEOs pitching uh, yeah. every week. How do you get the the affordable price? Because the the co-working spaces here in Zurich, it's as a startup, you, you can't really pay for it. Exactly. And this how do you combine this with uh, top-notch furniture and in the city center? Look, um, <laughs> <laughs> I see a conflict there. It's magical. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's true. Like a startup like Batmade at the start, I mean, this is why we were, for two years, we were working from uh, my co-founder's living room. Yeah. Uh, it's it's impossible. It, in Gotham, we have like uh, big, big startups. That are startups already working or who made uh, 15 million Swiss franc ICOs, for instance. Right. Um, so this, they can, they can pay the rent. But... Um, it's hard, but our price is accessible in the sense that we have uh, through our, one of our co-founders uh, contacts with the with some players in the industry, and we can get way cheaper rent. Right. If you take market market prices to to build up a co-working right now in Zurich, you're dead, because you you can only sell to banks and you're not competitive. So. Y- and then after for Vitra, uh, we have a partnership. We are a showroom for them, so we don't pay a lot yeah. for the Vitra furniture. Yeah. It's just a matter of doing the right deals yeah. at the right time. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I'm really excited about that co-working space. Uh, my partner and I have been working out of the university uh, classrooms. <laughs> um, they have like these learning rooms that yes. are empty mm. and so we still have the university Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> we go <there>. that's all. <laughs> or the living room, as you did. I'm I'm still wondering because conventional wisdom says focus, 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 and be consistent and work on one thing. But you have so many different projects. How how do you plan that? How do you divide up your weeks? How do you make sure you can put enough work into each of these projects so that they all grow like you want them to grow? In the end, I think it's a matter of uh, mindfulness. And as I said, it's very important to be in the flow, in flow mode. And when you have like, uh, sorry, just one startup, uh, or uh, when you are not, let's say... Yeah, who has just one startup? That's <laughs> just, I mean, seriously. No, I mean, I, I, need, I, need to, I need to be challenged even more. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I get bored. And for my maximum efficiency, I, I, I need to be a polymath in what I do and uh, to make sure I, I diversify my time. Of course, my, my bulk of my time is bat-made. But uh, for the rest, uh, it's really a matter of uh, ma- making things go forward. And uh, and when, it, when you're passionate, you have no difference between your work time and your yeah it, it, it stops yeah, yeah. there's so no difference you you're no, not stressed or anything it's everything is like in a continuum and you're always in a flow mode and being having this uh, inner focused energy which is the flow mode uh, can help you to achieve uh, results in various areas and it, it's it's really possible, and which is sometimes hard is to to switch when you do deep work on one project, from one project to another. Oh, it takes time. It, yeah. it, it's it's super hard, but uh, we always say uh, uh, multitasking is not good for brain and stuff. But I, I think it's pretty good because then you develop an agility, mm. and uh, and uh, you increase your your flow mode. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, we, you covered a couple of topics that I I read about. You know, flow mode, deep work. Uh, probably you read the book, Deep Work from Cal Newport. Not this one. Not this one, but the other one. There's there's a couple of of books on focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you get into that state of 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 deep work? So where you you know you're in that flow mode, as you say, and you're not distracted, and you can really focus. <clears throat> that that's a very good question. I think it's first uh, doing the things right. So as I said initially, leaving nothing to chance, uh, meaning that you have good interaction with your employees. Uh, you don't take their words for granted. You you have uh, you ask questions. It helps you to to know what they are doing. Um, I think it helps to be to to be really uh, in tune in synchronized flow mode with them, mm. um, and uh, in the end, it's a matter of how you manage yourself, and you can do a lot of sport, for instance. Mm. I I go every single morning waking up at yeah, it varies six or seven. I go I do one hour sports, a CrossFit calisthenics every single day. Um, it helps me to focus. I tend to uh, meditate a bit, but that's really hard for me. Um, and um, I've recently been interested in uh, the microdosing uh, story. Yeah. So um, what's that? The microdosing story. So it's like um, uh, right now the Silicon Valley and most tech hubs have discovered the use of. A tiny dose of uh, psychedelic drugs uh, to improve your focus, mm -hmm. you and to be more in the moment. Mm -hmm. What basically is doing is that it's uh, decreased the default mode network you have in the brain, decrease its activity, and uh, you have less uh, thoughts or feelings from the past or less anxiety from the future. Yeah. And on top of this, it helps you to see your ego uh, in a different way. Mm. You understand finally that you are not your thoughts or you are yeah. not your feelings. Yeah. And this helps tremendously to be in the moment. Because in the end, this ego, thoughts or feelings is what is between you and the environment, nature, you and the other people and you and yourself. Yeah. And if you want to be uh, completely to enjoy and leverage on the power of now, uh, I think this is one way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, right now you have very serious studies from Imperial College, Beckley Foundation, um, uh, that, uh, is sh that are showing that it's not only a placebo effect. Yeah, uh, it's it's really working, and of course, it's not harmful for the brain. On the contrary, it helps to make you use other parts of your brain that were not used before, uh, and develop creativity, for instance. Um, and it's it just makes you way more emotionally and uh, and yeah, smarter. Let's say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend taking that every day. So there is for there the is the rest of your life. No, no, no. There is a, a first. There is a protocol for that. Uh, either if you want to try, you have to 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 do it uh, seriously. Um, James Fediman uh, has re written a, a protocol that is followed now by, uh, by and that's been validated by many many research uh, all around the world. <clears throat> so it's every three days. Yeah. And basically, people starting to do this after six or seven months they stop because they became so self-aware of who they are, of their mind and of their body that they, through neuroplasticity, they have uh, changed so many bad habits. They stop eating junk foods. They stop drinking alcohol. They do more sports. They have a way healthier lifestyle. Mm. Um, and once you are self-aware, then at some point your body is telling you, Okay, now you got it, and you you naturally stop. Yeah. So there is absolutely no addiction. Uh, yeah. That's 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 the point, and no withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, that's great.
Yes. So it's one way to achieve this this uh, mindfulness. This, this it sounds like cheating, but you <laughs> it's can meditate. A bit cheating, but but whatever. I mean, if it if it works and if you can stop afterwards. Yes. It's just uh, you just accelerate to that point where yes, where you are that. When you're more like uh, you you have an access to a, a higher state of consciousness and and live a, just a happier life. I mean, who doesn't want to live a happier life? Oh, you know, like that's a big question because uh, most entrepreneurs are only looking for achievements. Um, and when I was starting Batmate, I was telling myself, okay, happiness will be for later or never. I don't care. I want to achieve. I want pain. Yeah. I was only looking for pain and achievement. But actually being in this flow mode and this being mindful is the only way to conciliate uh, happiness with achievement mm. because then... You have this wonderful feeling of uh, you had a very good day. You're yeah. content. Yeah, yeah. Which is a yeah. It, I can see how as an entrepreneur you, you you're always working towards the next milestone, towards, and then you're never in the in the moment. Exactly. This is a, a massive question, and I think the art of uh, being in the moment and still achieve is really you have these goals that can really uh, make you an anxious, mm. but still you're in, you're in the moment. Yeah. So that's, if you, you can combine both. I think so too, yeah. But it's, uh, it's hard, because it pulls you, it pulls you towards... Completely. But you know yeah. you will reach your goals even better if you're, uh, if you're cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. And the thing is, if, you, if, if you're not in the moment, yeah, you'll go for these goals and you'll reach them, but there's always going to be a next goal, so you'll not be happy. Exactly. It's not. It's not that's. It's going to make you happy. Exactly. So you should really go to sleep content exactly. every night. That's that's the goal, and enjoy the journey. Yes. On a normal day, if we're talking about sleep, how how much do you work? Because there's so many projects. People could be thinking, oh, this guy, he works 20 hours. Uh, I can't do that. But this is the thing, like, I, I, I sleep a lot and I have a lot of free time. I know it sounds completely uh, How do you do it? Crazy. How much do you sleep? I sleep, I, I'm good at eight hours. Yeah, to be completely honest, I, I sleep during the week, I, I sleep six hours and I have nap every day of 30 minutes, ah, 15, helps. 30 minutes, no more, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, and I think as a would-be biohacker, uh, I should sleep minimum seven hours so i know it's bad um and i'm trying to fine-tune uh, the sleep um so that that's that's really tricky but when i know that i have some uh crossfit to do in the morning then i uh, when i wake up i'm excited and I yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so no i think it's it's possible to do everything and still have free time and um just a matter of managing yourself and managing others. Yeah. Have you been have you been prioritizing things in your life and yeah. deprioritizing things? No. Um, that big to, time to, to make time for the, the things that are important to you. I've always been clear on that. That um, it was work first, business first, uh, from the start. Uh, so. Uh, like was didn't have stable relationships for uh, for many years because I was more into like uh, having a bu business baby, you know. Not yeah, like but that was your that 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 made that you was happy. It's it completely you happy, so and and it. so that that was the number one priority, uh, and that has always been. Um, so then you know it's easy when you make when you make the the hard hard choice at the beginning, easy life. But easy choice, hard life. You know, it's always, yeah. <laughs> it's always this. So, uh, so this um, is fine. Um, then after, um, yes, in terms of projects, of course, uh, yeah. the, the the most advanced project is is by far bad made, and uh, and uh, we want it to to grow till uh, till an exit. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, that's that's the goal in the. And mm, yes, uh, because we know at some point that, uh, uh, for instance, a trade sale with a big name like um, ISS, you know, yeah. will bring uh, a lot of uh, 
fresh cash in order to to develop, grow even bigger, yeah. and leverage on their expertise, on their knowledge, and yeah. uh, and it can only be good for for the company. Yeah. Yeah. So the alternative would be an IPO, uh, uh, but then you need to be to supply so much information, it's and you have so much, a lot of so many constraints. Yeah. Uh, that's not 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 worth it for the moment. We don't consider it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I have three, uh, the three, uh, the oh, no. fire round, um, three questions. What's something crazy you believe that nobody else around you believes? That's a tricky one. So to help you out, because um, I asked you this question before the interview, uh, and you said um, you believe in biohacking, and yes. that this is this yes. is an area that, and I can see that that many people would be like, ah, I don't know, yes. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I'm convinced, uh, 100% convinced that uh, biohacking will be even bigger than the internet, blockchain, or AI, uh, because in the like there was, uh, we are lagging behind in terms of what we do with our health. We we <laughs> didn't do like we live in a, a very ad advanced, I mean, technological world for all the topics, but uh, we didn't do many things with our body like. The, the medical field uh, sometimes is really like lacking the um, uh, a more global vision on the individual yeah. and we are not into uh, increasing the, the potential or increasing the, the, the mindfulness. This is a really, really new concept. Mm. And um, I really believe that the biohacking industry uh, and the understanding of the human body through through big data and, yeah. and it, it will will be a revolution yeah. and everyone now i mean more and more people wants to to get control back on their on their own health data and uh, and leverage on it to have uh, a better life yeah. yeah yeah so i really believe in it yeah that's cool i mean I'm really curious to see how it how it continues if you could put one message on a billboard a short message 144 characters um, to get to millions or billions of people. What would that message on the billboard be? Just fucking do it. I know it sounds completely cliche, but that's so true. Uh, as I said, like from from an idea to an execution, you know, it's 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 really like it's just depends on you yeah. and what your mind can conceive, you can really achieve and. Uh, People are people know this sentence, but they are not aware of it. When you are aware of this sentence, you can do everything. Yeah. You can break everything. It's it's so powerful. Everything you can conceive, you can achieve. It just depends on you. Yeah, I, it, and and the way you phrased it really expresses the frustration I have sometimes when I talk to people and they tell me I have this idea, but I don't I don't know. And I'm like, this is and, overthinking. And this is like, and, and and I'm sometimes I'm stuck with the new projects. I'm stuck uh, on, on on this part because we are like discussing the ideas, the business model and stuff, like discussing business plans. It is really, really, really bad. The real entrepreneurship is just do it, and you will see. Because in the end, it's just a matter of luck. So many planets need to be aligned. This is so complicated. Mm. So you have to expose yourself to randomness in the best way you can. But uh, in the end, if you don't try, you're unlikely to succeed in anything. Yeah. So expose yourself to randomness. That's another way to put it on, yeah. the, on the It's a more uh, the board. It's a, it's a nicer way. But I, I love the direct way of the first, <laughs> of the first uh, <laughs> sentence. What's the last book or blog post you read? that you would recommend to entrepreneurs or or a podcast you just told me before you listen to podcasts as well whatever well if, if i had to pick one right now i'm i'm rereading anti-fragile from uh, nasim taleb uh nasim taleb and i had uh, the same professor and uh he, he explains uh very well uh how you can benefit from randomness because things can benefit from randomness they are not fragile, they are not robust, 
they are anti-fragile. And uh, for this, you really need to put uh, all uh, the changes on your side. Uh, by in entrepreneurship, uh, um, like you know, for surrounding yourself with the right people, for instance, mm. being in the right ecosystem to launch the right uh, product. Yeah. So, <clears throat> otherwise, for the podcast, I'm a, I'm a great fan of uh, Naval Ravikant podcast with Tim Ferriss. Uh, they made uh, two very good podcasts uh, on um, uh, everything that is they they speak about uh, um, mindfulness. Naval Ravikant is the founder of Angelist. Yeah, uh, I really okay. like this guy in terms of uh, what he did and how he uh, how he behaves and his view on on life. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I learned quite a lot uh, with these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, the Tim Ferriss show is, is a very good, a very good podcast. Good model, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. And he's done so many episodes. Yes. It's incredible. All right, you have survived the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Daniel. It was a pleasure. Thanks. And uh, all the best for all of your projects. I'm Thank really, you. really excited uh, about the biohacking one. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to when I start earning money with my startup to to order through Batmate <laughs> someone to help me clean my apartment. And then to invest in the, my startups, right? Yeah, if I have enough money. I mean, obviously, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> That's a long time. Ahead. All right, thanks. Thank you, Daniel. That was it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Startup Stories. Make sure to check out the show notes with additional links at nerdentrepreneurs.com. And if you like our podcast, leave a review on iTunes. See you next Monday.